0: Hey, bosses, welcome back to another episode of the BYOB podcast, Be Your Own Boss podcast. We're super excited because this is our first ever episode that is brought to you from across the world. Rianne is currently in China. I'm back home in Minnesota. So it is Wednesday night for me, Thursday morning for her. And we're so excited to have an episode to hear about how her trip is going and just catch up from across the
1: globe. Happy BYOB Thursday, bosses from China. I am so excited that we were able to make this work because in the planning process, we were talking about how we had to have an episode to catch up talk about all the things while I'm here. And I'm so happy we were able to make it work because this is awesome and I'm so excited to catch up.
0: Yes, it'll be so fun to hear about how everything is going And the fact that our podcast is now recorded on a global scale, (laughs) it's fun. So we're coming to you from Minnesota and China. And no matter where we are in the world, we like to start our episodes feeling like happy hour with your gal pals, day and night happy hour. So (laughs) we love to share our beverages. And what beverage did you bring for today's episode?
1: I have some morning tea. We actually call it red tea here, but it's actually just like the regular brown morning type of tea that you have back in the States. Um, It's delicious and we love our tea here. We always have loose leaf tea, so it's like everything just tastes super authentic and full of the good aromas for the morning. So Mm. what do you have?
0: That sounds wonderful. I'm also sipping on some tea, so it's 8 p.m., getting ready for bed, just winding down. So I have some chamomile tea and your tea that you're sipping on sounds incredible. Mine is just from Trader Joe's. So I need to get some delicious loose leaf tea in the rotation, but yeah, some chamomile tea. Um, so cheers, happy morning and evening. (laughs) (laughs) So to kick off the episode, um, You're drinking some hot tea, but I've been seeing on your Instagram that it's like apparently super, super hot
1: in China. Oh my gosh, Ellie. I will never complain about the San Diego heat ever again because it is like 90 degrees with 80% humidity here. (gasps) It's crazy. And it's like, keep in mind, it's like October. So they're like oh yeah, this is just like regular fall weather. And I'm like <gasps> dripping sweat and I'm like walking <laughs> through the streets. And it's so crazy um, just to like paint a little picture. Um, so we started our trip in Hong Kong, which I've never been. So we spent about three days there. And then we came back to my hometown city in Lilzhou, which is like Very southern central China, like 300 miles north of Vietnam. And the landscapes are just beautiful. It's a city right on the river. So think of like a city like a metropolitan city full of like huge skyscrapers just in the middle of kind of looks like a little island almost because there's like a river surrounding the whole thing and then there's bridges stemming out from the city like over 30 bridges just stemming out of the city and it's absolutely gorgeous but we we are walking everywhere and it's so hot outside that it's just like (sighs) I'm just like dry heaving all the time and then when we (laughs) go in to sit down at a restaurant they don't serve you ice water like they do in the states. They serve you hot tea. So keep in mind my internal body temperature is already mm-hmm. so hot and then it's just like, okay, now I'm going to sit down and have some hot tea. For some reason the like biology works, but in my mind I'm just like, oh my gosh, kill me now because I can <laughs> I cannot have another glass of hot tea when I sit down after walking in 90 degree temperatures. But all in all, it's been super great. The food has just been awesome. The only thing is that I just wish I had like a gallon of ice water, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I never thought I would say because back in the States, I get room temperature water Mm -hmm. rather than ice water. And it's so crazy. But yes, I will never complain about the San Diego heat ever again. Oh, that's
0: funny. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you in that I have room temp water. But I see like walking around in the heat all day, you just want like ice cold water. Mhm. Yeah,
1: that do you at least have AC? We do is AC
0: a thing. Okay, that's nice.
1: Yes. So that's yeah, that's, good. that's something we don't have back at home in San Diego. But yes, yeah, so we do have AC here, which is so nice. Um, And there's AC blasting in all of the different storefronts and stuff when we walk by. So it's nice, but still just walking in the street in like the concrete jungle. It's just like, oh my goodness, it's so freaking hot. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it probably is extra hot too, being in a city, like you said, with concrete and yes. just beating down on you. So yes, give us a rundown of your travels. So you said you started in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I love seeing the photos that you and your mom are posting. It looks so beautiful. And I just can't believe like how huge the city is and yeah. the tall buildings, Um, But yeah, give us a rundown of your trip. I know you have some things you want to give us updates on too. So I'd love to hear how it's going so far.
1: Oh my gosh, so many updates. Hong Kong was incredible. It was my first time being there. And it's this huge city that is just so busy. Like it's nothing that I've ever seen before. I felt like I was walking in the set of like a really high tech uh, movie where they are showing you these like tall skyscrapers and like flying cars. Obviously, minus the flying cars, but who knows? In three years, they'll probably come up with that. <laughs> I don't know. But it was crazy because there's just like huge buildings everywhere because China is so overpopulated in the sense that like there's no land mass to keep mm-hmm. building out. They have to build up. So mm-hmm. skyscrapers, apartment buildings that are fifty floors tall and above, and it's just so crazy, but incredible to see it all at once. And Hong Kong is really awesome. I felt like I was right. I felt like I was in a place where my identity just like fell into place because I've talked about this in my previous episode of my immigration story of coming to China or coming from China, being in the United States and having a Like an identity crisis of I've spent most of my life in the United States and I've cultivated my life there that I assimilate more with the culture of the US. And when I come back to China, it's more of a culture shock. But when I came to Hong Kong, it felt like I was in such a good place of my identity because it was like a balance of my Chinese culture, but still having English cultural aspects tied into it Mm, like mm -hmm. I know we drive on the right side of the road but in Hong Kong you drive on the left side of the road so it's like more almost British and they were under British rule for a while so it makes sense that they adopted some of those customs but everywhere I went there people spoke English Cantonese and Mandarin Chinese so it was like they looked at me and they started speaking English and then I would reply in Mandarin Chinese. So they would be like, oh, okay. And then they start speaking Mandarin. And then when I didn't understand something, I would ask in English and then they would also reply in English. So it was just like a really cool blend of culture that mm-hmm. I felt very – it just like itched a part of my brain that I was like, oh, I didn't recognize that Like I needed this. But it was just so comforting and so eye-opening at the same time because I was able to feel comfortable in my Chinese culture as well as feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in my American culture being in a place, a new place where I haven't ever been to before. So that was really cool. Um, And just eating all the foods that I was comfortable with, but still having like – the, uh, English customs that I was comfortable with as well. Like they did have like, (laughs) they did have water being served in some restaurants and, um, people spoke English everywhere we went. So it was just like, wow, this is definitely a spot that I could see myself coming back to. And I could see me myself bringing all of my friends to, because it's like, Mm -hmm. it's a place that you would feel comfortable exploring as well. And it wouldn't feel like so much of a culture shock coming Mm -hmm. into the place.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool to hear. And like, like you said, to feel that comfort and hominess the first time you go to a place.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: what a cool and beautiful feeling to have that too, where you said it's like the intersection of different identities and cultures. Do you think, I love hearing how excited you are. Could you ever see yourself like moving there or like
1: probably visiting many more times? Yes, definitely visiting many more times. But I love that you ask that because There's so many things that I've recognized now and I've connected the dots to when I've traveled back being a fully grown adult and having all of these thoughts in my head. So the funny thing about being in mainland China is that a lot of things are blocked. So no Google, nothing. So like I can't use any search engines because everything is tied back to Google and i can't search any of my social medias because facebook is banned so anything under the facebook oh. um, umbrella like whatsapp instagram facebook twitter all banned and i can't use so like i can't use tiktok even so like any of those things i can't, you know hong i can't kong? Or you're like in mainland china in hong kong i was okay. able to okay. but Um, we didn't have cell phone reception in Hong Kong. So it was just like, I was just using all of my data that I had, um, to stream and post. Um, so now I've, so now I'm back in mainland China where everything is blocked And um, I've been able to get on the internet with what's left of my roaming data. (laughs) And so it's like, I've just been checking in here and there, but I haven't been posting as much and like keeping updated um, with all of my experiences. So I've just been making videos on the back end to post for when I get back. But what I want to say is that I've just been having so much mental space to think and reflect on all of the things that I've gone through without my phone being a distraction. It's kind of a blessing in disguise, honestly, because I've been thinking that, like, huh, I could just, like, I've just kept my phone on airplane mode all day, and I would just use the camera um, here and there. So I'm just thinking, like, wow, I could really go through my days and back in the United States, just having my phone on airplane mode, I'll check my phone at the end of the day and check my phone at the beginning of the day to see what's going on. But throughout the day, I really don't need my phone. I'll take videos, but then I'll edit it, you know, at the end of the day or whatever. Um, and I've just associated that saving data, AKA having your phone on airplane mode means saving mental data. So that's how I've been like making that equivalent um, of saying like, hey, I'm saving mm-hmm. my phone data, but I'm also saving my mental data in my mind of like having space for other things to reflect, to think, to really let things sink in. So it's been kind of a adjustment, but also kind of like a clarity of mindset that I've been able to mm-hmm. have since being back.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, that's so interesting. Of uh, first of all, maybe this is kind of dumb that I didn't realize this, but I didn't realize so many things were banned.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: TikTok, given the fact that it's...
1: Isn't TikTok a Chinese-based company too? They are, but they have a Chinese version of TikTok. So like the version that we use is the American version.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, didn't realize all of that, but that's so cool that you feel like almost that freeing feeling of not being tied to your phone and you can just enjoy the moment and kind of set it aside and Mm-hmm. and have that mental space and energy. But yes, interesting. That's so because I know you posted on Instagram. So that was before you got to mainland China.
1: Yeah, so huh. I'm still I'm still able to use it. So if I'm connected to, uh, let's say any servers here, like if I put in my Chinese SIM card, then I don't have access to anything. Or if I'm connected to Wi Fi here, then I don't have access to anything. But if I keep my old SIM card, my United States SIM card in, then I can still use some of my roaming data because it's connected mm. back to the United States. So that's how I'm able to like connect with people. But luckily, Riverside is an app that hasn't been banned, which is what we record on. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we're still able to do this and record, but I'm excited to share some of my thoughts with you of like what happened, what ha- or with what I've been thinking about and reflecting on. And I've broken it down into different categories of the things that I have missed and the things that I have Mm. not missed and the things that I've learned. So Mm -hmm. the mental capacity, saving mental capacity is definitely something I've learned along the way. Um, But it's been really cool to reflect on coming from a space of being fully grown, coming back to my hometown, which for those of you that haven't listened to my immigration story, I moved to the United States when I was nine years old. And at that time, think of when you were nine years old, you didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about societal aspects. Like all of the Mm -hmm. deep things that you think about now, you didn't have any grasp of that, right? Because innocence, there's a type of innocence that comes with, or a type of bliss that comes with your innocence, So I, so many things are just coming back to me now. So Mm -hmm. the things that I have really missed and the things that I Wait, can I ask
0: one question first? Oh yes, go for it. So I'm curious too, like in other people listening, so we know like with some perspective of missing and things like that,
1: when was the last time you visited? The last time I visited China was back in 2018, in January, 2018. So it's been about what, four or five years now? Okay. Okay. Yeah, like five. So it's been a good
0: amount of time. Yeah, yeah,
1: five to six years. Um, Okay. COVID obviously being a a gap in that time. Mm -hmm. Before that, we usually tried to go back every two to three, come back here every two to three years. Um, But plane tickets do get pretty expensive. Like, they're like $2,000, upwards of $2,000 for a plane ticket. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, been a gap in time since we've mm-hmm. been able to come back. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but I was just to set some perspective of the yeah. things.
1: Yeah. Of But course. okay.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you've been reflecting on and just, yeah, diving deeper into what's been going through your mind the last few days.
1: So, Yeah what's here? Yeah, honestly, there's been so many thoughts and more might come up as we go through this. But I'll run through some of the things that I thought about mainly. So the good things obviously being seeing family, that was the main goal of coming back here. Um, So right now we do have two big festivals going on in China. It's the mid autumn festival. And there's also like a full moon festival happening as well. um, All within like the couple of days of each other. So this is, if you've seen like mooncakes, if you've seen like lanterns, this is where, this is a holiday and the festivities where all of that comes from. So it's really cool to be back to celebrate with my family. Everybody is like getting together. Everybody's on holiday. So we're having huge family dinners and stuff, which I've really missed. And in China, when you have family dinners, it's not, it's like we, it's a whole ordeal. We book out a huge room in restaurants. So restaurants all just have these like rooms that based off of the amount of the people in your party, you just get this huge private room. And in that room, there is this big round table with like an automatic spinning lazy Susan in the middle. That you put all of your food on. So then the food just goes round and round as you're having conversations with people. So you don't have to like go to the end of the table to get the food. Oh or my like gosh. it's incredible. So it it I love self-circulates. It. Yes, it self-circulates. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's like a little conveyor belt. But it's incredible and I love it. And it's yeah, it's just really cool because it's like you have your whole family. So In our last get together, we had about 20 plus people all sitting together at this round table with food going around. And it's really fun because in China, there's this tradition where you honor your elders by drinking with them. So it's like, think of like taking a shot, but in the most filial filial piety way of honoring your ancestors so like you you go up to them uh so you have your drink you have your little glass and you have your drink and then you go up to your elder so like my grandpa it would go up to him and I would say something like grandpa I wish you I wish you all of the happy days in the future and I wish that you keep singing karaoke which is what he loves to do so wholesome and I mm-hmm. wish that you have your body is healthy and you are prosperous as the days go on. And then you cheers you drink and then you do that with all of the elders. So you're taking like 10 shots by the end of the night. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, but it's great and it's phenomenal. It's so fun. I've never seen, I've never met anybody who can drink out, drink my 90 year old Chinese grandpa. He is incredible. Um, the karaoke and the rice liquor keeps him young, I swear, because like, that <laughs> that man is still going, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's something that I've definitely missed is having these huge family get togethers.
0: Mhm, that sounds so fun, and thank you for sharing that tradition too that so does everybody then take a shot with their elders, so it's like grandpa could be having like twenty shots, yes. That is insane. Oh my gosh. That is so fun though. And like what a fun (laughs) moment to have too as a whole family.
1: Yes. It's very cool. And I think, you know, you take pictures, you chat with people, you laugh with people, you catch up with people. And I was able to see my two cousins that I haven't seen in a while. And um, so in China, so our generation, we were born under the one child policy that um, was placed upon us for population control. And so my two cousins, we don't have any siblings. So it's like, they are my siblings, pretty much. So I have mm-hmm. a younger boy cousin, Weiwei. And then I have an older boy cousin, kuku. And I was in the middle. And so, like, I I was very small as a child. And I remember I would always want to run around with the boys, do all the things that they wanted to do. But I was just, like, so tiny and fragile. And they would just, like, throw me around. So it's like I grew <laughs> up the, having brothers, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it was very fun. It was good to see them. And I just think that, like... It's so cool to reflect on how far we've come as a whole family. It's like we're all doing our individual things now and being able to come back to share stories, to share all of the things that we've gone through is just like really powerful and just, you know, super comforting. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so fun. So yeah, that's, it's so interesting too of just like putting reframing the perspective of what that would be like and did you grow up in the same area as your cousins so Mm -hmm. you could see each other often so that's so fun to reconnect yeah well so that's so fun
1: another cultural thing about China is that everyone lives under the same roof everyone meaning like your extended family or extended family in United States terms but in China it's like your extended family is like your close family so in a flat in a condo we don't have houses we have condos remember we build up instead of Mm -hmm. out and at in our condo so grandpa grandma lives in one room your parents live in one room you live in one room you're probably bunking it with your cousin in one room and then you (laughs) might have another cousin in another room so it's like everyone is living under the same roof you have family dinners all the time you know, where each other are type of thing. So it's like, I grew up living with them for a good part of my life. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, that totally is a different dynamic. And it seems like the culture is very, um, you think of everyone together as a whole, where the US kind of has an individualistic thought process. like. How common it is, too, for people to live on their own in the U.S., where I feel totally. like it seems like, you know, you're living with your family, you're not really living alone. And that's so amazing to be able to be so close to your ex- I know, like you said, it's extended family in the
1: U S but you're yep. get really close with your family and have that relationship yeah. is really cool. For sure. It's so collectivistic here and you'll see that mm-hmm. in different aspects of the culture. And it's, it's very comforting to be able to come back and be like, Oh, everyone's under the same roof and I can visit with them. But yeah, they were shocked when they found out that I lived in California and my mom still lived in Minnesota and they were like, Oh my gosh, she's so grown. She's got her own place all by herself. And so it's just like, It's crazy to think about how, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, that's normal. And we explained Mm -hmm. like after kids go to college, they usually move out of their parents' houses. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, they don't do that here. Everyone still lives under the same roof and that's normal. But yeah, so it's all of the different aspects of culture are coming back. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to think about and talk about. Um, But yeah, I just, I love how collectivistic it is. And being able to come back it's just it brings in a whole new sense of comfort back into the whole thing. But also it brings a whole new layer of like being with everyone and having everyone in your space. Kind of thing, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I am so used to that individualistic culture, and now so coming back into it, it's like an adjustment of being like, okay, when you live with everybody, you live under the same roof, you share everything, you share your feelings, you, your thoughts, your your food. So mm-hmm. it's all together. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's definitely been an adjustment, and it's so crazy to think of some of the different cultural aspects as well. Like everyone is so collectivistic here that. Uh, like so together the togetherness is so emphasized that when you're out on the streets a personal space isn't a thing and like traffic traffic laws are just uh optional just very objective (laughs) wait like even for people you don't know like yeah it's still really close Well, yeah. I mean, proximity-wise, yes. Like, there's so many people, you just get... You're so close in proximity. Um, Like, I remember when we were in Hong Kong, like, my mom went up to ask, like, somebody something on the street, and then, like, the next person just came up and, like, budged in front of us to, like, ask his question. And it's just, like, everyone is coming together, and there's so many moving parts, and it's so reflected in... (laughs) how many people there are in China because the traffic laws are, like I said, objective because there's mopeds on one side of the street that are skirting about here and there. Like mopeds, you know, like the little Mm -hmm. scooters. They are just going everywhere. And cars don't yield to people (laughs) here. So it's like when there's a a crosswalk, you cross at your own risk because they are not stopping. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. But
0: very different. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so different. It kind of gives me New York vibes, like kind of the same thing, but it's just everywhere. It's not just New York. It's everywhere. Oh but yeah. Craziness. Wow. Bes- yeah. Besides that, there's a lot of good things too. Like in the comfort aspect of it, I've been able to have so many new foods or not new foods, mm. but like so many foods that I haven't had in such a long time that bring me so much comfort and a traditional key dish that we have in our hometown of Lil Joe. Lil Joe translates to the city of willows. It's really beautiful. Aw, that sounds super beautiful. wholesome. Yeah, it's right on the river, yeah. so there's like willow trees right on the river. Uh, but in Lil Joe, our traditional dish is snail soup noodles. And I know it sounds really disgusting when it sinks in, but that's like the literal translation. But the like my translation of it is spicy soup noodles basically is what it is the broth is steeped in uh, like escargot so it's, mm. it's got that like nice flavor onto it that's not fishy but it's like it's savory it's got a little bit of acidity in there mm-hmm. and it's rice noodles that have this that like spicy broth and it's topped with a bunch of different veggies some peanuts for some crunch some chilies um, and then an optional duck foot or like a marinated mm, egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like chef's kiss, so delicious. The first thing that me and my mom did when my uncle picked us up from the train station was we went and got spicy soup noodles. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it hit the spot so good. I was like, oh my gosh, like, can't remember. Like, we try to make it back in the States with like a mix that you would get. Like, think of like a ramen packet of a mix that you would get with the rice noodles. But it just doesn't hit the same as yeah. fresh.
0: Especially in your hometown where yes. it's known, like, where spicy soup noodles, like, you just can't get better than that.
1: You can't. So you really can't. That's
0: incredible.
1: Yeah. Yum. it's. I'll make a video about this, too, because it's so funny. Because in these little shops of trying to get traditional, authentic spicy noodles or any type of food... You don't go to a fancy restaurant. If you walk into a place and you have to sit down, they know that that's not going to be authentic. It's authentic Mm. when you walk into a valley or walk into like an alley where it doesn't look like there's anything. But there'll be little shops, like these mom-and-pop shops where you sit on these little stools, right – It's not even like real chairs. If you see real chairs, not authentic. You sit on these little (laughs) stools. Sit on these little stools, and they give you this giant bowl of noodles, and you just plop yourself down on this tiny stool. You have your fan in front of you because it's so spicy and so hot. Keep in mind, ninety degree, ninety percent humidity. It's so hot, so you're just sweating, like your nose is running. (laughs) It's spicy. (laughs) Yes, but it's the best. It's so good. It's the the whole culture experience experience (laughs) yes
0: it sounds like the perfect way to open your sinuses and also cleanse toxins
1: because you're sweating it out you're yeah you just have it all coming out (laughs) i'm so glad you say that because that's exactly what chinese people say and chinese people are very superstitious but they're very like i don't know what the word is but like the they are very symbolic. They love the symbolism. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's so cleansing of the toxins because whenever they say, like, okay, if you're hungover the next morning, go eat spicy soup noodles. If you're sick, you go eat spicy soup noodles because it clears out your sinuses. If you're sad, you go eat spicy soup noodles because <laughs> – <when, laughs> just everything. Because when you are, when you are like, eating the noodles, you you pull the noodles up so you have a whole bowl of them. And when you're slurping them down, it's like you are – taking in all of the goodness and just like Mm. taking it in with you so that you're like slurping in the goodness and letting the good warm soup just sit in your belly so it's like wholesome and you feel good yeah
0: it's really comforting okay so pretty much takeaway is at any point in life the key is spicy soup noodles yes so if you're sad if you're sick happy whatever it may be
1: (laughs) It, it it's a cure for everything yeah <laughs> that
0: is so like I haven't had spicy soup noodles and I know um pho is Vietnamese mm-hmm. correct but I know whenever I'm like feeling down sad or sick or like certain time of the month that's my go-to because yes. it just feels so comforting and like mm-hmm. like a warm hug Yes. You know, my spice level needs some (laughs) practice. I need some help with my spice level, but I really want to try spicy soup noodles.
1: I will make a version for you that is not spicy.
0: (laughs) Not as spicy? Yes. (laughs) I'm working on it, though. My spice tolerance has gone up. Throwback to Rian and I went to Oktoberfest in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Yes. And we were eating lunch, and I was like, this is kind of spicy. And it was literally just potatoes with black pepper yes do you remember that yes
1: you were eating a spretzel and you were like this is spicy I was like it's literally like a piece of dough like white dough or something Mm -hmm. and you're like this is so spicy yeah
0: that
1: was so funny but anyway (laughs) yes potato
0: Yes. Um, that sounds so wonderful. Are there any other things that, you know, things you're missing, things that you're loving, highlights of the trip? It's so
1: fun to hear your stories and just the cultural differences too. It's so fun. Yes. There's so many good things. And one thing that I have specifically missed is getting haircuts in China. Oh. It's so fun getting a haircut because you don't just get a haircut. You get a haircut, and they wash your hair for 30 minutes. They give you a full upper body massage, so, like, neck, shoulders, back. They lay you down on a bed, so it's like they are massaging you as, like, your hair is, like, being conditioned and everything. It's glorious. And then you get a haircut from a professional, and they do it so good. They treat you like a queen. They get you fruit-infused water or, like, tea or whatever you want. And they're cutting your hair. They give you a full blowout at the end of it for the price of like $15. (laughs) It's crazy.
0: That's insane. To literally get an upper body massage. The fact that they actually wash your hair for 30 minutes and not just like 30 seconds. Nope. Holy smokes, that sounds incredible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you mm-hmm. going to get many? I feel like <laughs> you should go back and get many haircuts and just keep no. trimming, it and trimming it.
1: That's the thing. You don't have to go get a haircut when you are at these places. You can go to just get your hair washed. And that's what a lot of people oh. do in China. Like, think about, I don't know. Yeah, there's not really any services to compare to in the States. Well,
0: Maybe like a blowout, like if you, where they wash your hair and just blow it out.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that type of thing.
1: Even that even a blowout is like a hundred dollars sometimes, you know? Like it's yeah, just that's true. crazy. But yeah, a lot of people after work, after two to three days, your hair is feeling greasy. If you're, you know, at after end of a work day, they just go there go and get their hair washed, they get a massage, relax. It's great. It's that phenomenal. sounds incredible. See, me and my auntie have been talking about this. Like I would pay for something back in the States like this. And there's definitely not anything like it, so be you know, on the lookout. We we might be bringing some salons back to the states.
0: Yes, I mean the only thing which this doesn't even compare in the slightest, but like dry bar kind of disrupted mm-hmm. the industry, and that was the first place that would give you a haircut or not a haircut, a hair wash and blowout and not cut your hair. Right, and that like disrupted the industry to go to a place that didn't cut hair. But imagine if you add on, yeah, just washing your hair, doing a massage, uh-huh. like, the luxurious experience. Yes. And then the fact that it's 15, like, equivalent to 15 US dollars, that's mm-hmm. incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, wow. they do a whole hair mask and everything. They wash your hair in, like, ginger uh, with, like, I don't know what this, like, really good smelling, like ginger infused water to help hair strength and oh, wow. hair growth. So it's like incredible. So it's like, I would definitely pay like $40, $50 to go get my hair washed. Yeah. If I'm getting the whole experience and a massage, you know?
0: Yeah. And it probably, your hair probably lasts longer between, I mean, you are probably very hot and humid and stuff, but oh, yeah. to have that process, Yeah, I hear that even just double shampooing yes. makes your hair wash days Go longer. So, to have that whole experience, you could probably stretch your days yeah. even farther. But imagine
1: that incredible. Imagine if you were having a bad day or like a long mm-hmm. day after work, you just plop yourself down in a chair, and then they're just giving you a head massage with like a hair mask, with the whole nine yards, and they flip you onto your back and they give you a shoulder massage. Like, that's incredible. awesome. Incredible. And think yeah. about.
0: Yeah, ending your day with that and the happiness that would bring and the stress relief. For sure. And Mm -hmm. the tension release. Like a coworker and I was in the office today and we were talking about how like our posture is so bad because phones and laptops, like you're hunched over all day yeah, and it's making our neck like at a slant. But to know that you could end your days with like a little back rub, head Mm -hmm. massage. Oh, that does sound incredible.
1: Mm Mhm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I definitely think there's a business proposition here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if we could do it for $15, but. No. That would be Mm -hmm. an amazing concept to bring to the U.S.
1: For sure. But, yeah. And so with all of the, like, good things and, and the thing is, it's, like, everything is so affordable as well. But keep in mind that it's, like, you know for uh, the Chinese economy rather than in comparison to the U.S. economy. But the good thing is that another surprise that I was able to get, so me and my best friend Mallory have this running joke of, me bringing back all sorts of strange things from China because last time I went I brought back a whole duvet
0: (laughs) oh yeah in your suitcase yeah
1: in my suitcase I like vacuum sealed it and everything but it was just this like fluffy silk duvet that I was like yes I need this and it was a gift so we were bringing it back and then we brought back a whole like mini carry-on full of tea (laughs) Mm -hmm. loose leaf tea so if you can imagine like a carry-on that's a lot of tea And so we have this running joke of the things that I bring back from China. And we're adding on to that tradition because this time I'm bringing back my wedding dress, which I'm so excited for. But I am bringing back my wedding dress, which I'm
0: so excited for. That's but yes. so exciting.
1: Oh, it's so pretty. It's it's so funny because we were just walking around in the shop and uh, all of them were so glitzy, so ball gown. And I was like, these are so beautiful, but it's just not what I was looking for until we got to the very last store. We were about to leave. And my mom was like, I don't think we've looked here yet. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And it was the only one on the rack like the only one and i pulled it out and i was like it's everything that i wanted and more this, i was like this is it this this is the address so i'm bringing my wedding dress back in my suitcase that this time so
0: exciting <laughs> that is so exciting and how special to not only find it in wait did you say this was in your hometown or was this mm-hmm. in hong kong no in my hometown To find it there and with your mom Mm -hmm. and then it to be like what you've been searching for. Like that is just, it's meant to be. That's so cool. It's so beautiful.
1: (laughs) Uh, So exciting. That's so exciting. So excited. But yes, uh, lots of good things have been happening, but there's also a lot of like reflection moments that I've been sitting with as well. I think I think about how grateful I am to be able to travel back and visit my family mm-hmm. and to be able to soak up all of the cultures and, um, be able to visit. Um, and I don't, I think that's something that's, I don't know, it's hard for me to like communicate with my Chinese family because I know that now I am more of a visitor in my hometown than I am a, um, uh, what's the word like a local yeah like a local in my hometown which which in their eyes might be a bad thing but in my eyes I've come to terms with that like that's what's most beneficial for me and what's most beneficial for like my identity and my mindset because like I said I connect so much more with uh American customs now because it's what I've grown up with it's what I've developed my the thought processes in it's what I've developed my identity and my career in it's like that identifying with my uh American culture and identity doesn't take away from my Chinese identity mm-hmm. so but like I know that they see it differently if I explain that to them so it's a little bit different and difficult when I come home and being a having to uh sit with that thought And it's okay because I think like my family is very understanding. And to be frank, I don't see myself having conversations like this with them because of the fact that sometimes things are better just kept at the surface level. You know, like they see me uh, every couple of years and we come and visit and it's great. Uh, But explaining something, something's so in depth could be difficult to understand it could be difficult frankly for me to explain because my Chinese is not that great third grade level remember that's when I left (laughs) so and that's the thing it's like at third grade level I would have never been able to wrap my mind around all of these things that I am going through because I you Mm -hmm. just don't have that emotional depth Mm -hmm. as a nine-year-old so now being able to reflect on all of that it's like really powerful and it's kind of a lot at times is overwhelming. Um, but I'm truly grateful to be able to share these experiences and reflections and uh, kind of talk about some of the things that I'm going through. I think there's so much that I could talk about in terms of the difference in culture. But the reason why I identify with so much more of an American culture is um, I think, you know, in America, we glorify the corporate world the hustle the busyness aspect but in comparison to China the American culture is a slower culture believe it or not it's so much of a hustle culture here because there's so many people every everyone Mm -hmm. is trying to make a living trying to be something to you know like stand out amongst the rest and it's like there's just so much pressure from society, from parents, from your culture that it's it's hard for me to come back to after living mm-hmm. in the United States for so long. So it's like that's why I identify with so much of the lifestyle back in the U.S. So it's like it's good and bad because it's like now I've coming back as a visitor. I can bring myself into the mindset of. Like, ooh, uh, I can manifest different things in this space because there's a lot of good, like, energy. Um, there's a lot of, like... I mean, there is a lot of busyness energy that I don't want to take on, but there's also a lot of good energy in terms of like the entrepreneurial aspect, the like hardworking hustling aspect that I want to bring back mm-hmm. with me that gets the ideas flowing. But there's also a lot of things that I'm also leaving out, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the societal pressure of things, the aspect of needing to hustle to make something of myself that maybe I'm not aligned in. So it's like, you know, people to always talk about Starting businesses here, they can, they always, they're chasing what is going to make the most money. Whereas back in the States, I left that world. I stopped Mm -hmm. chasing the money. I am doing things that make me feel fulfilled and make me feel the most whole. And even though that's what's beneficial for me, if I, you know, take that aspect back to China, that's not the most accepted idea Mm -hmm. of what you should do because in their eyes you should do the thing that is best in the collective eye right that Mm -hmm. collective collectivistic identity right so you you should be doing the things that are making you the most money because that's what's going to serve your family the best and it's what's going to set your family up for generational wealth it's what's going to set your economy up for um wealth and all of that so it's just it's a lo- a lot of it is so centered on what's going to make the most money and what's going to be deemed as the most successful, mm-hmm. rather than thinking about what is going to make you the most happy. Mm-hmm. And I do see a shift in that now because me and me and my cousins, we are, I feel like we're definitely paving the way for our family to see things differently. Like my mom's generation, all super entrepreneurial. My mom started her own business of teaching English in China, like building her own English school in China before we left. My auntie owns her own restaurant that she started, like own bar. So it's just like Wow. Everyone is so entrepreneurial. They're all just trying to look for the next best thing to invest mm-hmm. in business in. But me and my cousin, so like our generation, like my older cousin ha- feels the social pressure of getting married and like finding a spouse. And he's just like, I don't want that life right now. I'm happy where I am. I have two cats. I love my cats. So I'm happy with mm-hmm. my job and where I'm at in my life. And my younger cousin is. Just left, also left his big corporate job and now is starting his own business of, oh doing, wow, like streaming, I don't know, something with like video games. So it's like all online. And now, like me, I introduce myself because that's what I'm doing. I introduce myself as an online entrepreneur. I help other people make content and advertising for their business. So it's like, The world is changing. We are doing things. Mm -hmm. We left our corporate jobs because we're doing things that make us the most happy and we are steering away from the societal pressure. Not saying that it's not still there. It's still very prevalent, but I think we're shifting our mindsets from you know, we know that the pressure is still there. We know that there's still this thing weighing on us, but the pressure of not doing what we love outweighs the pressure from other Mm -hmm. external sources. That was a lot to chew on, but I think it's like, it's so pivotal to what I've learned in this experience. Um, And like I said, definitely grateful for where I am now and grateful for being able to come back to share these reflections and experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, there's still just, there's a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a very emotional experience going back to your hometown
0: and not being back for a few years and also so cool to hear like your family. I see where you get your entrepreneurial roots from because <laughs> you all have all these amazing like passions and things that you're interested in that are like take a lot of courage and bravery to do those things too.
1: Uh-huh. Um for sure.
0: But that's thank you for sharing that because it's it's really cool to hear the things that you know that you've missed that are bringing you comfort but also like you said as you've grown up and have that the depth to really process and reflect on these things is really interesting. Um, but it is cool to see the shift like in generations. And I feel like we're seeing that in the U S like all over probably, but totally. then to really see that in your family and in, in the Chinese culture is really cool too, to
1: hear. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see where things go when we visit, in the years on and mm-hmm. how things are going to keep shifting and changing. But um yeah, it's it is definitely eye opening to come back and put myself in the space again and to feel to I don't know, it's like it's like I'm reclaiming my identity in a way because a lot of my family still see me as the mm-hmm. nine year old girl who left who started a new life in the US, but now it's like, I am a full woman, a person that's coming back from the US to visit my family who have my, who has her own identity. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, all of these things. So it's definitely like, definitely cool to come back to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, there's still so much to reflect on, journal on, talk about, unpack, but Mm -hmm. that, that's just that's that's just the, like the big gist the idea yeah. the whole idea of yeah
0: it. yeah that is that is a lot of um lots to like ponder on and reflect on and have those conversations, like you said, or not, too, at the Mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. But that kind of goes with a question that I had for you was, you know, being back a few years ago and kind of having that gap, especially with COVID and, like, the world has changed dramatically since even 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm curious, you know, whether it be, like, big things, small things, but if it has felt like a big change and whether it be, like, your hometown's looking really different or, um, yeah, just like, has it felt like a lot has changed or does it kind of feel like that coming home and everything is kind of where you left it in your last trip? I'm just curious of like what that feeling is like now with the gap.
1: Yeah. It, uh, skyscrapers are popping up everywhere. So, um, it's, yeah, it's so, it's, I don't know. I haven't, really felt like a lot has changed. But this time I felt like I have found more familiarity from when I came back in 2018. Um, so in 2018, I don't know, when I came back to my hometown, I felt like there was so much change from the last mm-hmm. time that I had been back because... Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, the last time we'd been back was in like 2000. I don't remember 13 or something like that. Um, but yeah, it w- was kind of a crazy time. I felt like I didn't remember the things in my hometown as much. But this time coming back, I was like, I was able to relate back to my 2018 mm-hmm. experience and being like, oh yeah, I remember them building this when we came back. So now I can kind of relate to like the streets that we were at and stuff. Um, but yeah, with my family, it's like I haven't felt I felt like with my family everyone was kind of the same doing their own thing like the parents have kind of changed um but I feel like my grandpa ages backwards just like my mom <laughs> it's all those shots yes yes something <laughs> something in our bloodline you know so hoping yeah. hoping that will fall onto me as well but <laughs> um yeah I think it makes me ponder the question of how things are going to change in the future. This time, my mom has brought up conversations like, oh, keep, keep this in mind so that when you visit next time without me, you can have some of these, you know, like where to go and what to do if I'm not around. I'm just like, well, what do you mean if you're not around? Like, I'm always going to come back with you, but... Knowing that there's going to be a time where I'm going to come back by myself is super eye-opening because it's like I come back with – I feel like I'm visiting my mom's family, right? Because even though they are my family, I a lot of my family, my friends especially, are in the United States. So mm-hmm. um, it's definitely interesting to like keep in mind, especially like after – we get married. We'll start our own family, and how I'm going to bring, how I'm going to incorporate my family back into my Chinese family is really interesting, and it's definitely going to be something for me to ponder on. Um, but yeah, there's a whole another layer on top of that with interracial marriage, and, and how Chinese people view certain types of cultures. It's definitely going to be different, but. Um, I think that, I think that, um, having a layer of having a layer of of identity, me associating so much more with my American culture, it can take a toll on me when it comes to how people are going to perceive me and my future family. But also I can have that separation of being like, you know what, if you think that way, that's okay. And I'm still going to love you either way, but we can go back to where our family is going to thrive and be the most successful. So it, I don't know. It's an interesting layer to unpack because mm-hmm. I know that this will, this is my another part of my home and my identity, but it's not going to be my forever home, if that makes sense. Because it's like mm-hmm. my whole identity is tied somewhere else. I don't know. More to come on that, mm-hmm. but I think that's, that's definitely some <laughs> yeah. of the thoughts right now of how things are going to change in the future and how um like how I'm going to connect with my family again once mm-hmm. I start my own family
0: yeah, definitely, and I mean that's such a pivotal thing, you know, having your own family unit and figuring out what are the traditions, the values, the family culture you want to create, and then add in blending that with your spouse's family, your extended Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And like you said, different cultures, different continents. Like, Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a lot and you can make it what you want it to be. But yeah, it is, it is a lot too. But thank you so much for sharing like your reflections and your thoughts. It takes a lot to be vulnerable, like the things that you shared and your experiences. And just thank you for, you know, having that space. I think it's so interesting to hear about how your experience is going, but also now that you, like you said, now that you've matured, now that you've grown up, really going through what's it like visiting your hometown and reconnecting with family and all of that. So. I just want to say thanks so much, Rianne, because it definitely is a vulnerable thing to be talking about, you know, family dynamics and the good and the challenging
1: and everything in between. Mm, For sure. You know, nobody, nobody is perfect. Nobody's family is perfect. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what we want to emphasize on our podcast is being able to be vulnerable and have spaces like this where people can connect to. Um, I know that. You know, there's other families out there that are blending different cultures and there's other people that are um, maybe struck, grasping with different family dyna- dynamics as well. So um, I just hope that we create some sort of relatability back into your own life and how you can connect to our different stories too. Like I, excuse me, I don't want to shy away from these vulnerable topics because it's like it's so important to talk about and like I said like this is just a very surface level of it and I think like these are things that we can continue to pull on and continue to talk about in the future Mm -hmm. in our future episodes because it's it's so relatable to our everyday lives of what we're facing with family dynamics with relationships Mm with um with culture, all of these things. So I'm excited to continue to talk more about this. And I'm just so glad that I got the opportunity to be able to sit down like globally to talk, um, to share experiences, my reflections and be able to catch up with you because I know it's been a while since we've talked to Ellie.
0: Yes, it has been a while. And, um, Yeah, it is so fun to catch up and just hear everything. And I think, like you said, it'd be great to dive in deeper because there's so many things we can discuss and topics. But we will, yeah, wrap this catch up on your trip episode up. But it was so fun to hear how your trip's going. I wish you cool air, cold water, and many more fun adventures to come in your next week you just have like a week and a half left is
1: that right of your trip uh, a, or a week, week? yeah a week. we fly okay. I think we fly back on um October 6th I don't know what that is and like a, okay yeah and like yeah maybe a week and a half so okay craziness so
0: this for people listening yeah you're about to be home but um well, I hope you have an amazing rest of your trip. I'm so excited to keep hearing about how it's going. And I'm so excited too to see pictures once you can have more bandwidth and data <laughs> to mm-hmm. send, maybe. But it sounds beautiful. And would you like to end us with an affirmation?
1: Yes. Hmm, let me think what intuitive, intuitively comes to mind. Um, okay. The affirmation for today is. I hold space for myself to create, to create my own culture and identity. I love it.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing the affirmation, and it's such a beautiful reminder. I'm so excited to hear, you know, if these are your reflections
1: after week one, like what is week two going to hold? Oh my gosh. Another week without cell phone service. We are going, we are (laughs) going to have a field day when I get back.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, for everyone listening, you can find us over on Instagram at be your own boss podcast, and you can follow Rianne too on her personal account where she's probably sharing more adventures to come. But find us over on Instagram and then on our Facebook page, BYOB colon Be Your Own Boss podcast. And we hope to see you there since we are global and all over the place right now, which is so fun. (laughs)
1: Yes, I am so glad that we were able to do this. So please continue to connect with us. Follow us on Spotify, like us on Apple Podcasts, and share this episode because we want you to be a part of our community as well. So until next time, bosses, good morning from China and good night from Minnesota. (laughs) Cheers, Cheers, bosses.